Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Swarfcast. Before we start, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app or tell somebody about it. It really makes a difference for us and we'd appreciate it. Okay, on with the show. When Haas decided to set up a spares and service location here in New Zealand, because most other machine suppliers might have representation, but they don't have any other infrastructure as such. We were very interested in that, so we went to visit Haas a number of times. I sent three or four of my technical managers and engineers to Haas, and we were absolutely blown away by the Haas factory in Oxnard in uh, California. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff, here with my co-host Lloyd Graff. Today's podcast is part one of a two-part interview we did with Alec Mandis, chief executive of Accord Precision, the largest machine component manufacturer in New Zealand. Accord exports precision products around the world, with 30% going to the United States. Alec described to us what it's like to run a machine shop in a country of 5 million people, more associated with rugby and sheep than manufacturing. Immediately after the interview, we started scheming how we could get down there for a sales call. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. We are thrilled to have Alec Mandis, CEO of Accord Precision Machining in New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Alec. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you, too. And uh, it's amazing with technology now we can talk like you're just uh, in front of me, which is great. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. Remarkable. And it, it's two in the afternoon here. And w- what time is it there? Uh, we eight in the morning here. So, yes, uh, early for us and late uh, for you. Right. Eight in the morning on Wednesday. And it's Tuesday here. Yes, correct. And uh, we're quite used to it because we're often on the phone to our American customers. So, it's uh, we've got used to the time differences. Right, right. Okay, well, let's begin. First of all, we just want to get a little bit of your story and find out about your company. Give us the nitty-gritty first on Accord for our audience. Sure, I'll do it. Accord is uh, based in Auckland, New Zealand, and uh, we've been around for 45 years. The business has and we employ about 50 staff on this premises. We are on one site based here in the biggest city of New Zealand, 
population of over one and a half million, so not big by your standards, but certainly big by New Zealand standards. And we are one of the largest machine shops in the country. How many machine shops are there in the country? Uh, there are a lot if you take uh, even the very small ones who have a one lathe or in their garage or something like that. But we, they're probably about 30 to 40. Mm -hmm. Which for a country of, of New Zealand size, which is just about 5 million people, it's, it's still quite a lot. So there are a lot of machines in, in the country for our population count. And what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of products do you make? Basically, we are in quite a range of products because we use forgings, castings, bar stock, billets. We work with all kinds of metals, aluminum, stainless, bronze, brass. Uh, other steels, and even composites and plastics. So the product range goes from small components to relatively large components that have to be CNC milled on four and five axis machines. Historically, this business was a auto shop like many other machine shops today and converted over the last 10 years to CNC machining mainly. We hardly have any auto lathes Auto lathes meaning like multi spindles? Uh, what you call screw machine, basically. Right. We sold you ABC lathes about a gazillion years ago. Is that where we first met? Uh, yes, and I think uh, we sold, we might have sold you some multi spindles, Wickman multi spindles, but, and we do buy Wickman spares from you. So that's where the relationship started uh, probably 15 years ago, I think. Wow. Yes, I think uh, Jim might have sold us. Yes, Jim sold us the ABC, the Index ABC report. Yes, uh -huh. I think we that we need to pay a sales call down there. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I've been fascinated by New Zealand uh, for all my life, and uh, yet I've never been there. Uh, give us a little uh, travel log about New Zealand and why somebody should come? Well, it's an amazing country um, and only more recently has it got known internationally. But uh, when I first used to come to America 15 years ago, I used to say I'm from New Zealand and they'd say, where's that? And I'd say Auckland. And they'd think it's Oakland. And I said, no, I'm not in Oakland. I'm in <laughs> so uh, it wasn't well known. But, you know, with um, with the... Lord of the Rings and a few other movies that uh, oh, made us yeah. famous. Uh, people got to know New Zealand from that point of view. And, and suddenly they began to see more about this country. It's very green, we, um, very open kind of country, low population density, two main islands, you know, the North Island and the South Island. It's got a lot of amazing places to visit and quite diverse in very short distances. So you can be in the mountains in the snow skiing in the morning and you could be down at the beach in the afternoon on the surf, just about. So Wow, that's remarkable. We have in, this, in the center of, of the Northern Ireland, we have uh, very high mountain ranges where it does snow and it does get cold. Um, and in the Southern Island, we have the Southern Alps, which are on the west coast of New Zealand, sort of similar to South America, like Chile, where they have 
the mountain range and then it drops down to the sea. So the South Island is quite different to the North Island. So for somebody coming here, which on holiday, one are you in? I'm in the north. Okay. And sort of towards um, the top, not the top end of the north, but mid to uh, the mid 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 northern part of the island. And so it's very popular. We get, I think, we get something like 20 million tourists. So it's you know four times, uh, four or five times our population. So wow, quite a popular country to visit. How this is totally off the subject, uh, but uh, of machining. But how many uh, Maori people are there, and is it kind of like the Indians in the United States? Um, I think the population is something like three hundred thousand. But because this is quite a, a diverse and mixed cultural, you know, there is there are we we do get a lot of. Um, People from the Pacific Islands, not just Maoris, are the indigenous uh, people of New Zealand, like uh, I think in your case, uh, uh, the native Indians. But we do have a lot of Pacific Islanders, would be from Tonga, Fiji, Samoa. You know, this is quite a lot of people who come here mainly to work initially, but ended up establish themselves here. So, so it's quite a diverse culture. And New Zealand's had strong immigration from all over the world. So in your in your shop, how many people work in your shop? Uh, we've got over fifty staff working here. Okay, and and is it a diverse population? Do you have any Maori or, or Pacific Islanders or? Yes, very mixed. It's quite mixed uh, from from all over, all different cultures. We have uh, we have not only our um, Pacific Islanders. Um, we have uh, immigrants who've come to New Zealand from South Africa, from uh, from Asia, from the UK, uh, and just even recently we've just employed somebody who's coming in from Switzerland to work for us. Interesting. So, yes. Uh, so we do have quite a diverse uh, population mix, yeah. and even in our workforce, it's it's similar. But all English speaking, you know, so it's uh, easy to communicate easy to uh, understand them and uh, and uh, New Zealand's a very tolerant place so that uh, we will get along quite well. Is it difficult to immigrate there? Uh, do you have high barriers to immigration? Yes, we do. Relatively high in terms of um, you need to be able, you need to have a job, you need to be above a certain income level to qualify and um, Obviously, uh, skills and education um, and experience all all go into that mix to determine whether you can qualify to enter New Zealand as as a resident. Mm-hmm. We do they do give work permits because of skills shortages, and interestingly, in our business, machinists or machine setters, as we call them, um, are on the skill shortage list for New Zealand, so they actually get a benefit from that in terms of the point category puts them in a higher ranking to be able to qualify. So I, in talking to you recently, you told me you have uh, a new employee coming from Switzerland. Tell me, how did you find somebody in Switzerland familiar with machining to come to New Zealand to work for Accord? Yeah, that sounds like a very interesting story. 
Well, we, we do advertise in, uh, in recruitment online sites looking for people because we, we find the highly skilled people are, there's a shortage of them here in New Zealand, as I said earlier. And so um, he happened to see the, the advertisement through, he's got a New Zealand connection in that he has met a New Zealand lady. So ah. we were fortunate in terms of our timing from that point of view, we didn't specifically advertise in Switzerland, but we have been advertising on um, other sites, and we use sites like uh, LinkedIn and, and and a variety of others where we can connect with people. Would he been Would he have been able to come uh, if it wasn't for uh, marrying somebody from New Zealand? Uh, he still needed to qualify, and I th- and I think because of. The, the way they look at the criteria, he still would have had a, had a job offer to qualify, mm-hmm. which obviously we offered him a job. So he was very uh, fortunate that we met, and we're very fortunate we met him. So yes, so he'll be here next month. Alec, uh, I understand that thirty uh, percent of your work is now exported to the United States. Tell me, how did you develop? Uh, this American connection. It's got quite a long history to it. It goes back uh, a long time in that this company was owned by uh, McKechnie's in the UK, who were a brass bronze business. And they had foundries and uh, extruded and cast brass and bronze and copper products at and they were exporting these going back maybe 30 years ago around the world because they were, were competitive. And, and New Zealand happened to be the biggest manufacturing source of, um, of, of brass and bronzes. And so they were sending to America and Europe and oil. And after that, they got into added value products like machining of these metals to go into faucets and plumbing kind of work and, and they owned businesses that made faucets and taps, etc. And it grew from that and, and then they realized that they could machine all these different forms in terms of cast or brass rod, whatever, and, and that we had a competitive advantage in that um, we could do almost any alloy in any quantity we, we wanted to, whereas most big founders internationally needed huge volumes and needed you know, 10, 15 ton runs, whereas here we could do small runs. Hmm. And the opportunity to get into a lot of OEMs in the US, which is what we did. And we used to have a, quite a lot of agents in the US doing this for us, but now we do it directly ourselves. Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so that's how it began. Uh, Yes. But you still had to develop the customers. Yes, and we did. And so as we progressed into machining and we went into CNC machining, we were able to do more complex work 
that required a lot of validation and prototyping, um, cross-checking, ensuring safety, integrity of the product. And we managed to develop those relationships with quite a lot of US-based companies. So, you know, in, in California, in the Midwest, in uh, Illinois, Milwaukee, up, all up that, that coast, you know, we, you know we, we were suppliers to Milwaukee Tools and um, even Harley Davidson way back. Um, so, so we developed those relationships uh, quite some time back. But over time, that mix has changed because of the introduction of the cheaper products coming out of China, as you well know. Like you lost, America lost a lot of work to China. And the same happened here in New Zealand to a lesser degree, but it did happen. Are the, what's, is, is the labor um, or the cost of um, manufacturing goods in New Zealand, how does that compare to, say, United States or Europe? Uh, we, we probably about the same as the United States, as, as the U.S. in terms of our costs for skilled labor. So we don't have a competitive advantage in terms of our labor costs compared to Asia, say. But what we do, work, we work in more higher added value, more complex products that can require a better margin than just machining a basic moment. Mm -hmm. And I understand um, the people, you have uh, connections with companies in New Zealand whose markets in the United States have been steadily growing. Correct. So we work with medical companies and, and other companies, and they are mainly exporters out of New Zealand because New Zealand is a small population-based country. So the U.S. is a big market, as is some of um, Japan and, and Europe. But talking about the U.S., uh, we are able to work with these companies and supply into the U.S. as well directly because we have all the accreditations that, that are required by most well-organized uh, and developed companies. So we, you know, the ISO standards, we have all of them that we need for that, that sector. ISO 9001, 14001 environmental standards, and also ISO 13485, which is medical device accreditation, which uh, we need. And also we are FDA registered in the U.S. as a contract manufacturer for the, these medical companies so that we can make the products for them um, that comply. How did, how did um, Accord come to be? What, what is, how did you get into this business? Well, uh, I didn't start this company originally. It was started by a family who were in good engineers. And initially, they just bought, uh, back 40 years ago, they bought German Index and Traub machines, and they bought the best back then. And, and they started this business to basically supply machine components into the appliance industry. And it grew from appliances to faucets to electrical to marine, and it diversified over time. And I bought this business with a, my business partner 15 years ago. So I'm relatively new 
No, oh, only 15 years ago. What were you doing before that? Um, well, I'm actually uh, an immigrant to New Zealand as well. I was born in Africa and came to New Zealand 25 years ago. Where in Africa? Sudan? No, I'm just kidding. So in Zimbabwe. <laughs> in Zimbabwe. So then it, uh, before it was Zimbabwe, it was Rhodesia. Yep. So I was born when it was Rhodesia um, and I grew up there. I was very fortunate to grow up in, in that part of the world. And um, once I finished and I finished my university, I stayed in South Africa for a few years. And then when I, I got married, met my lovely wife and um, we had two kids and decided that we wanted to leave and uh, came to New Zealand actually. So is it, is it like if you're in the British Commonwealth countries, you can just go from one to the next? Is that how it works? It didn't actually work that. It wasn't quite that easy. I had to immigrate like uh, other people that had qualified to get into New Zealand. But fortunately, my skills in manufacturing gave me enough points to be able to qualify to get into New Zealand. Well, I thought you were a rugby player. Uh, <laughs> I love rugby, but uh, I'm a bit small to be a rugby player <laughs> these days. Uh, but I, but uh, yes, I love sports and um, I... I played a lot of basketball in my youth, and unfortunately, I'm not a very tall person, so I had to be quite fast. But that's why I learned quite a lot about America as a as a young basketball fellow because I, I love your basketball. So, hmm. yes. What's your favorite team? Well, it used to be the Lakers, and uh, so in my early days. But these days, um, uh, we support quite a few teams because we have quite a few Kiwis or New Zealanders playing. In, in the U.S. Oh, that's right. The guy on uh, Oklahoma City. Right, Adams. Yeah, we got, you got Adams. He's quite a big fella, and uh, he comes from a family of very big, very big uh, siblings. His sister is the world champion uh, for New Zealand, and uh, she's an Olympian. Is and, he Maori? Uh, he, he, I'm not, he has, uh, he comes here, does have Maori descent, yes, but I'm not sure how far back. But I think he, his father, his whole family are all really big. They in the <laughs> range, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we all New Zealand is a very sporty country and very outdoors. So not only do we play a lot of rugby, rugby union, which um, and and we are in the world championships right now in Japan. Yeah, I was there during what well, while they had the tournament, and I saw. The, the New Zealand dance before the game. That, that was, I've never seen anything like it. Can you explain that? It's called a haka, which is, is a Maori uh, term. And it's basically a, um, from my understanding, it's basically a, it's a war dance prior to, to any, any battle or confrontation. <laughs> well, a rugby game is a war. Uh, yes, yes, it can. But it can also be, um, and it's used uh, these days as well, for, for res to pay respect to somebody, you know, of great, of great achievement, or um, you know, the, the haka can be spontaneous, done by by a group of people who want to show their respect for somebody as well. That's the way I understand it. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I've. I mean, it looked like like a cheer, like a male cheerleading formation, but like 
from the burliest, most angry men possible. Yes, it's it's sort of like, and I think originally it was meant to intimidate the people they were about to go into battle with. And it can be quite intimidating if you close up. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I was interested in was uh, you tell me that you have developed a relationship with Haas machine tools in New Zealand. Yes, we have. we, we, over the years, as we started converting to CNC machines, you know, there was such a variety of supplies and equipment that you could get. And initially in the early days, we bought some German machines and we bought um, from Maho Dekel and, and Mazak from Japan. And, you know, we had a variety of machines and, and we bought a couple of Haas machines in, back then. And, and as we evolved into a CNC machine shop, we realized that we're geographically quite remote from where all these machines come from. And therefore the support we need when something goes wrong or you want to update the software or whatever it might be, gave us quite a lot of problems and Hmm. time delays and a lot of downtime. And we started working a bit more with Haas because they were in California. They were a lot easier to get hold of. They, you know, they speak English and time zone wasn't too bad in terms of, you know, we were one day ahead, but we could, our after, we could have uh, most of the morning available to talk to, to them in America. And if we had an issue, they could supply, put on a plane in the night and that night and we'd have it the next day. How long does it take to get on a, uh, by plane from, say Los Angeles to Auckland. It's about uh, it's about ten hours, I think. Oh, okay. Non-stop flights. You know, there's flights every. I think there's a couple of flights every day, uh, and a variety of carriers. So easy transportation. So when Haas decided to set up a spares and service location here in New Zealand, because most other machine suppliers might have representation, but they don't have any other infrastructure as such. We were very interested in that, so we went to visit Haas um, a number of times. I sent three or four of my technical managers and engineers to Haas, and we were absolutely blown away by the Haas factory in Oxnard in uh, California. And we realized that this company has amazing service and backup. So we decided to work with them and since then, in the last five years, we've bought quite a lot of machines from them. And we found that it was a good decision from that point of view. And they are great production machines because we are a production facility. They, they may not be you know, as great as a DMG uh, or a Mazak, but they're pretty close in terms of reliability, backup, run continuously. We run them, you know, 20 hours a day, five days a week. Yeah, and... And the price is half of what a DMG would be. Correct, correct. So we have developed a very strong relationship with Haas. So we, most, of our, most of our machines now, are, as we convert, we're buying Haas. And we're about to buy another one right now in this, in this next what, 10 days. What kind of machine? We're going to buy a horizontal... Uh, EC400 from Haas. So basically it's a production machine running tombstone machining so that you know, we can load one side, machine the other side. Um, 
because we, we need that kind of, it's four axis work in particular, we want that, but we, but that's the area that we're working for and five axis work is where there's companies looking for machine shops to do that kind of work, where we can add value, you know, where we, we can, we can work with a casting that's complex. It's, you know, automatic probing and uh, pre tooling setting. And, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's very good mix of products for our shop. On the next episode of Swarfcast. We supply um, components for the marine sector, which is commercial diving requirements. And uh, one of the things that we developed four or five years ago was a stainless steel dive helmet. The whole shell is stainless steel.